0: Hi folks, Billy here. Just before we start the next episode of the Untitled Wrestling Podcast by SWN, I want to put out a quick thank you to the Patreon subscribers, Brent Carter and Daniel. Patreon.com slash Scott Resnet has three levels to support SWN in the podcast and in all other projects. The £1 level is Sport Socks, and this garners our appreciation with a Twitter shout-out and even a name drop here on the audio podcasts. £3, it's welcome which is a complicated name. And with that, you gain access to regular updates, archive content, and early access to the Untitled podcast, plus the video version also. Finally, our £5 level, groundskeeper gains you all of that, plus early access to the audio and video versions of the SWN podcast, sometimes weeks ahead of anyone else. That's patreon.com slash scottresnet. Welcome to the latest edition of the Untitled Wrestling podcast by SWN, the first one for 2021. I think this is the first podcast for 2021 and I have got a great guest for you. I am joined in episode number six by Last Minute Wrestling's own Frank Mandolini. Welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, I am doing, as always, the RVD hand gesture because uh, I'm a goof and I always do that because it gives it, it gives me confidence, you know, to do like Frank Mandolini and you, and you do the hand gesture meanwhile. So, yeah, th- that's a great start.
0: It's almost like you've spoken to the man before, but we'll get on yeah. to that, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um,
0: so for those who are unaware, uh, who haven't listened to, to Frank Mandolini's last-minute wrestling podcast, which you should have by now, um, Episode number six was speaking to me, uh, yeah. which is quite a nice way of, of putting. This is number number six of, of Untitled Wrestling Podcast, and I'm speaking to you. So how that's just that's just how it's worked out. It's uh, Billy, Billy, we came full circle. I know it's it's very strange. I mean, um, <laughs> you, you, I don't know how did I, I think I contacted you. Maybe you're looking for people yeah. to speak to, and and uh, I ended up. Um, well, Paxo, I suppose, was was got you into the look at the Patsy, got you into the Scottish yes. wrestling scene, and i kind of kind of thrusted you yes. into the rest of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll go back to start though. How did you get into
1: pro wrestling? Oh, that's a great question because I actually don't know the answer to it. <laughs> uh, I, I've had I've had the chance to uh, talk a little bit about it uh, even on my podcast as well, uh, because mainly Italy had. Three, three main periods of mainstream wrestling in national te- television. Uh, the first time around was around like 1990, more or less. I was three years old back then, so I I, I recall something from television, like uh, a yellow man or something like that, which probably was Hulk Hogan, <laughs> and uh, and uh, yellow. I mean the, the color of the trunks, of course. I remember that vividly. Um, and uh, the Ultimate Warrior, I had uh, a figure, uh, an action figure of the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, the one that you, you pushed on the back and it did like a, like a gorilla press or something like that. Uh, it was a pretty common one. And, uh, but I wouldn't say that my stardom, my fandom, sorry, started back there. Uh, I, I have those memories, but like the, uh, nothing else, basically. Nothing else for uh, close to 10 years when I had the chance to see a little bit of the late WCW was uh, on uh, the national TV in Italy. At that time, uh, I, I remember uh, Goldberg and uh, I think Bobby the Brain Heenan was there as well. Uh, yeah, roughly around ninety nine 2000. and uh, But my true introduction to wrestling was a few years later in 2004, when uh, uh, immediately well, okay, that was during the summer, but uh, and it's weird because during that summer, I had the chance to see the Royal Rumble of 2004, which was in January, as of course everybody knows. And we, uh, but we
0: don't know who won it. Nobody knows.
1: Yeah, the man who shall not be named <laughs> won it. And uh, from what I can recall, from that point onward, I was hooked. I was hooked. And uh, basically, after that, uh, a friend of mine had uh, Smackdown, Here Comes the Pain, which is the greatest uh, uh, wrestling video game of all time. Fight me. Uh, <laughs> if you don't agree with that. Uh, not you, Billy. I mean... The listeners.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was going because I'm going to say "shut your mouth." Was was uh, was just tipped it for me personally, but <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, but just like everything in wrestling, probably we think that uh, like the best thing ever is the the, the thing that got us into wrestling. Uh, my favorite uh, period of wrestling is the ruthless aggression era because basically that's that's uh, the first. The first knowledge i had about it um, whenever i get a chance to see something from the attitude era which i totally didn't see live at the time uh, to me it's just ugh, it's kind of boring actually in my opinion i liked uh, uh, um, we had smackdown here in italy and uh, the smackdown six where everything like give me Kurt Angle, Los Guerreros, uh, both Eddie and Chavo because he is always uh, overlooked, but he is he, an amazing talent. Um, uh, even At the time, even JBL was was interesting when he was the, the world champion. JBL and the, the Basham brothers, even... For God's sake, even Orlando Jordan was interesting. They they were able to make it uh, cool in some in some ways. Well, not cool, but you 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 wanted to to see him getting his ass kicked. So that's uh, that was amazing. That was a, an amazing period for for SmackDown, and uh, um, nothing nothing else uh, came, comes close to me when it comes to like being a fan in the real meaning of the of the word. Now I know much, much more about wrestling than than what I, what I knew back then. I appreciate many different aspects of uh, of, of wrestling. Uh, uh, I, I I understand more the the technique that that goes on when uh, the two, two wrestlers have to put up a match. Uh, the 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 narrative standpoint of what they're trying to do, uh, but even the, uh, I like even the production value of the people who are actually shooting that because sometimes you have, you have great camera work, sometimes you have you have shitty camera work, and uh, you know, it's those kind of things that us us marks uh, in uh, in 2020 or 2021 I should say uh, are, um, are are looking for at the moment, which is totally not what what I was looking for at the time in 2004 2005 roughly.
0: Absolutely, I'm totally agree with you. It's like what you started watching. That's your. Th- that's what you remember as being the best. Because I started. Well, I started ninety eight, ninety nine is what I re- I remember uh-huh. first seeing. But 2000, 2001, That's when I was proper into yeah. it. So two thousand had a fantastic run of shows. Two thousand one. Um, it led into into WrestleMania seventeen. Um, mm-hmm. so it's. It's a huge time for the rest of the business in general. But for me, it's just like that nostalgia kick. I'll, I'll go back now <laughs> and watch Raw's from 2001 and, and into the Invasion. I love the Invasion. I don't care. If, if you're what if you're fighting people and here comes the pain, I'm fighting people for the Invasion. I loved it. Because my yeah. only experience at WW WCW was, was uh, worldwide. And it was on yeah. Channel 5 for an hour. And it had the big Batman uh, clangs and bangs if they got hit by it in the head or chairs. So... Yeah. All these guys coming in—Sean O'Hare and your your Chuck Palumbos uh, and and even um, oh, fuck Sean Stasiak—it was still blowing my mind that I was seeing yeah. all these new guys. They were shit in the most part, but, <laughs> but it was still blowing my mind to see Chronic because I remember chronic, chronic from Thunder, and I was like, yeah. "Oh my god, it's Chronic!" And then uh, and then I watched shows, and I'm like, "Oh god, it's." chronic <laughs> but still it's just that blew my mind uh, but yeah smackdown 6 fantastic time for wrestling um uh even moving yeah. into that just just into the, the just a little period afterwards I, my first wwe show live was uh uh-huh. 2006 so it was just after that and it was dx and and rated rko and and yeah
1: uh, but it was th- it was still probably considered the ruthless aggression era right say so
0: yeah i think yeah so, what would you say? I think it says maybe eight or
1: nine it started yeah, afterwards. To the afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it went PG in 2008, if I recall correctly. So, which is considered like, you know, the next era. And yeah, I, I would say root, root of the segregation is roughly from 2002 to 2008 ish. I,
0: I would say so. Yeah, i have been agreement with you there. Um, so, it went from, from, you still watching wrestling now, of course. Uh, yeah. But who, so who are your favorite? growing up there? You had SmackDown 6. Was there anyone else that, that caught your eye? Any random ones like Tajiri?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love Tajiri. I, I absolutely love Tajiri. Uh, there, there is, there is a, 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 one of my favorite match of that era. Well, of course, basically all of my favorite matches of that era involve uh, a certain someone that should not be named. Uh, there, there is a match not on SmackDown that was on Raw, and, and it was probably 2005, I think. Probably, I don't know. No, well, probably too, late 2004. Um, Tajiri against uh, the the man that nobody can name anymore, uh, and that that was an amazing match. Was then, so it, the, it was a
0: hardcore match, if I if I remember top of my head. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: it yeah. was because I, I was about to say that was, I think, a throwback to the ECW time. It was uh, probably uh, like uh, a couple of months before uh, that, that they did the first one night stand, the first ECW one night stand. Yep. So, so I correct myself, early 2005, probably, and because they wanted to like reenact with some ECW originals and both of them were. Uh, yeah, love is the man. He's the man, totally. Now he's still killing it in in old Japan.
0: Yes, we used to come back for the like the cruiserweight classic when that that was on. You're just thinking, yeah, how are yeah. you still doing that <laughs> and still yeah. so well? Uh, yeah. But no, Tajini is one of those. For for me, I like underrated heroes. That's why one of my, my favorites. Why I met Scotty G. Hottie, I blew my oh, mind. Yeah. Because yeah. Scott was one of he was my one of my guys growing up, um, yeah, not just because so cool. he had the same birthday as me. Um, obviously different years. <laughs> I'm a lot younger than him, but uh, <laughs> same same day. Um, you know,
1: you know, was the same birthday as me because of course I checked. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, you know who? Uh, who the the poor late Ashley Massaro. Nice. She, she, well, we we nice were officer. born on, on this. <laughs> we were born on the same on the same day. She 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 was. 10 years older than me, if, I'm, if I recall correctly. But uh, I was a huge fan of her, for example, what, what, what I was talking about before. Back then, nobody, well, nobody, at least in my circle, <laughs> nobody cared about work rate, all, 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 all this kind of bullshit that now divides a lot of wrestling fans, in my opinion. Um, and uh, she was never the greatest worker but she had a couple of intriguing storylines and uh, they made they made that work and uh, you don't have to be like uh, about the, the greatest uh, athlete in the ring you have to be an elite storyteller which is a whole different animal Absolutely. if you if, if you compare uh, sorry if if i jump like from different That's topics but <clears throat> if you compare like uh, i don't know uh, uh Bruiser Brody, somebody who was an incredible character who drew millions uh, of dollars and yens as well, because he was very famous in Japan. Uh, Is Bruiser Brody more athletic uh, than, uh, I don't know, even a Rey Mysterio? No, (laughs) no, not at all. More athletic than uh, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, uh, um, Kota Ibushi, Okada. Whoever you want to name, of course not. Of course not. But that was not the point of, of his, his persona. And that's, that's what, what I feel today is missing in wrestling, which wasn't your question in, 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 at the that's beginning. Yes, Sorry. Absolutely fine. I, I'm actually, totally, again, totally
0: agree with you. We're going to have a good time. We're totally agree with pretty much a lot oh, of yeah. things. But uh, well, when you speak about I mean, British wrestling, your two biggest stars are Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks. Yeah. yeah, fuck yeah. all. They had no moves. <laughs> they just ran at each other for a bit. <laughs> and one, and yeah. then Haystacks fell out. 90,000 people going absolutely mental for it. And there was no wrestling. <laughs> no, There's just moments and moves. And I think that's, I mean, again, we're going to go all over the place. But that's uh, always my, my criticism of NXT UK right now is oh, yeah. they have fantastic wrestlers, great wrestlers yes. of yes. all over the world, all over Europe, but they don't have that character they don't have like uh i mean back nxt when it was like when it was kind of speak had no way jose oh yeah didn't have to wrestle much but it was entertaining yeah. they had that uh, eric uh It was it bugenhausen yeah, they yeah, did the air guitar yeah, yeah they did the air guitar yeah he was there for two weeks best thing on the show gone there's, there yeah. needs to be that even though that there's no fans or anyone there needs to be someone to grab the crowd from the TV, like Drew does, I think, even though Ross ratings are. Oh, yeah. But Drew looks into the camera. He brings the crowd with him at the same time. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so that's why I'm always like, oh, no, XT should get. They should get Kryger, uh, who you've spoken to. They should get Luke King Sharp. Yeah. They should get Grade. I mean, they probably wouldn't get Grado because Grado's like super busy everywhere. But yeah. they, need, <laughs> they need someone who's a character and, well, maybe. Make an arse of themselves, but we will do it for yes. the entertainment, uh, entertaining entertainment in general. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I don't think
1: I've even answered the question I started asking you. So, <laughs> uh, look. Well, but but whilst we still uh, we are still talking, so I, I want to I want to add add just a little thing that still doesn't answer your question, but who cares at this point, right? Exactly. Uh, I think that something that. Uh, wrestling fans completely miss at this uh, in this era is that uh, every wrestler has to have its role which it doesn't mean that you're a jobber curtain jerker or a main eventer it's simply different roles for example you name it you you named uh, drew mcintyre is Absolutely fantastic! He's been killing it tr- throughout all of, of 2020, and of course, even even before in his career. But I'm talking in most recent times as a WWE champion is amazing, and uh, he has played his role to perfection. His role is that the guy who doesn't take any bullshit, any crap. He will kick your face in. And he's not afraid to do that. And he looks cool while doing it. I mean, that's amazing. Um, on the contrary, you have uh, somebody like, I don't know, Otis, which I'm, I'm not a great fan of, but I think that he is another guy who understand understands his role. And he is playing it to perfection, probably. You may not be... I mean... The public can, may not be super into it. I get it. I get why, why? because uh, uh, somebody wants to cheer for the, the superhero like uh, Drew, for example, because he's cool, he's a badass. Everybody wants to be that. But you need a moment of, of levity in the card as well, because a wrestling show is not about uh, being a super worker all the time, uh, at least in my opinion. You have to have like those, those flows, you know? the, uh, the, the t- uh, different levels of intensity throughout the show. And uh, that that's something that, uh, at, uh, particularly in the last five years, I would say, sort of disappeared from, um, from mainstream wrestling in general. Because if you think about it at, at the moment, like half of the wrestlers, their gimmick is to be a very great wrestler. That's their gimmick. Ricochet, what's, Please, somebody tell me what's Ricochet's gimmick.
0: Yeah, he's, he's just a very good wrestler. <laughs> that's,
1: that's, he's, a, he, a, he's, a, he's an incredible talent, uh, but uh, yeah, in, the, in that that uh, in that stage of WWE, you need to do something else. It's yeah. it's not only the the uh, the uh, athletic ability that counts. You have to be able to to insert yourself in something else. Exactly. Is... So
0: when, when you were watching it, when when, when right about 2004, 2005, if you looked yep. at any random card, you'd have, you'd have your main eventers, of course. 2005, you'd have Shawn Michaels, Triple H, um, yep. at that point, John Cena. And then you'd have just underneath them guys like Chris Jericho, uh, Edge. Kane. Eddie, Kane, ex- Kane, yes, absolutely. And then you'd have guys like Hurricane. And you'd have, yeah. you'd have these exceptional characters down the bottom that are that are amazing. Um, I mean, I hated Eugene, but for what he was, <laughs> he was an incredible character. Um, he was
1: an incredible character, yes.
0: So you had all that going on. Now you had, like, Kurt Angle swinging in between But It's just, yeah, it's. I think for some reason, Ruthless Aggression doesn't get as much respect. I think it's because on the raw side of things, it was this Triple H... Time of him overtaking everything, but
1: the the reign of terror,
0: reign of terror stories. But when you go back and watch it, there's a lot of good stuff. I I liked Test during that time. Oh yeah, of all people, yeah, Uh, Test because he was huge. I mean, well, for the wrong reasons, but (laughs) he was huge. He was he was pretty decent in the ring. He had a character. Uh, He had the testicles. Uh, which I find yeah. hilarious because I was 15, <laughs> and anything that w- was penis-related was hilarious. I mean, I'm I'm 30 now, and I'd probably yeah. still laugh if I saw testicles yeah. on t t-shirt. Me too, Me too. Um, totally. But yeah, so wrestling this now is missing, it's missing characters, and it, like we we're saying with with uh, with people willing to make a tit of themselves, make, make an arse of themselves, and and not be as serious, um, yeah. and, and just go. Um, I'm just here to entertain, I'm, I'm an wrestler, I'm, I can do the job if I need to. But Hulk Hogan could do arm bars and all the Fujiwara Japanese stuff. Did he have to? Did he fuck? He, all he had to do no. was big boot and leg drop and he was done.
1: Yeah, and a lot of posing. Yeah, that's it. That's it. But, uh, I mean, you you have to do what works with the crowd and, and what specifically what the show needs. I mean, if you have the chance to play uh, in an uh, Oscar-winning Hollywood movie, would you bitch if you're not the the protagonist or not? Or would you be happy to have uh, even like a small role, uh, you say a couple of lines and that's it? I mean, you you will still brag that you were inside that movie, right? And uh, with wrestling, it should be the same. It should be the same. You work for... uh, the the biggest company in the world, uh, you have to understand that there are different levels, different uh, characters playing, and you're just one of them. And you have to do your work to perfection. Exactly. Yes, and, and, and you have got to be
0: prepared. So I mean, it could yeah. be a case like oh, I don't think I don't think people are prepared. Like it's being the example you brought up, of someone who's who's great at what he does. Again, not my particular cup of tea, which is strange because he's weird and that's my usual, mm-hmm. my cup of tea, but, uh, he's, I don't think he was ready just to be that top bit, but he was just, he was not weird. He was like hanging that line between he could, but I don't think he was nurtured enough to make it. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm we're, we're wildly <laughs> off topic. Cause I asked you who your favorite wrestlers <laughs> were, uh, when growing up, and, and <laughs> this is how we've, where we've gotten, uh, where I we're speak, where I try to fix the wrestling business, uh, <laughs> instead. Um, Right, so when we first spoke, it was it was episode six of, of your podcast. Um yep. you have discussed with ringsiders on your own podcast. I think it was episode thirty, was it? Or it was one of uh, the year 40. 40. Forty. Forty. Um you were speaking about how you got into podcasting for those that are unaware, or if you want to do a little bit of a, a cliff note version, how did you get into doing the podcasting?
1: Okay. Uh, that's a great question. Uh I've been wanting to do a wrestling podcast uh, uh, since uh, around WrestleMania 30, when uh, Daniel Bryan won uh, uh, the and it was the uh, unified. I was I was that caller I, I don't even remember that. Uh, I mean, he won both both of the championships against uh, Batista and Randy Orton. And uh, uh, I, I've been wanting to do that, but I didn't know uh, that it was possible to do that. Uh, through a podcast, because at the time I was thinking mainly about a YouTube uh, channel, but I didn't want to appear in front of the camera, which, sort of, I, I still don't want to do that uh, today as well. I mean, at least not, not uh, uh, with, uh, with the precision level that YouTube requires. Uh, I don't want to, I, I, first of all, I don't have time to, to spend editing massively. Uh, those videos because they have to be an incredibly high quality, you have to pace it um, each uh, like 8 seconds, you have to change uh, the setup of the camera Well, it's, it's too much work uh, so I didn't want to do the, the YouTube version uh, but I always had this idea in the back of my mind and uh, this year during the pandemic two days before Wrestlemania 36, so 6 years after <laughs> I started thinking about that I woke up and I said to my fiance, which was still sleeping probably, I woke up and I said, fuck it, I'm recording the podcast today. She was like, what? I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Okay, uh, uh, how are you going to call it? Uh, This is pretty last minute, so it's... It's going to be a Last Minute Wrestling Podcast. That's, that's it. That's, yeah, that's how, that's how I started, which is a name that I hated in the beginning. But now I started, it's growing on me. Even because, even because uh, a lot of the wrestling podcasts I see around have uh, wrestling-related names like the i don't know uh turnbuckle the uh smackdown versus row or uh the, the hip toss or the ddt podcast or or, or something like that you know and uh, when i think about it mine doesn't have a wrestling related name i mean last minute can be everything right <laughs> so uh plus that's the word rest wrestling so so people know what what i'm talking about but uh it, I kind of like it now, so but yeah, that's that's actually how it started, and uh, it's um, from a from a, a working perspective, it's uh, uh, a very good way to increase your your skills, especially if like me you work in communication, because it's uh, a tremendous medium at the moment uh, uh, that uh, as you know, of course, as well, uh, it's uh, growing uh, in a in a huge way all over the world. And uh, it has been actually, the, 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 I read a couple of articles about it. Uh, um, it has been uh, declared that podcasting was the, the main uh, uh, medium of uh, 2020. Because, uh, well, a lot of people were stuck in their, their homes and they started a podcast, basically, just like me. Just like I did.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, well, I kind of st- dabbled again after after speaking to yourself. So for anyone that's watching or listening to this, it's Frank's fault. Um, but <laughs> it, it kinda, I, I dabbled in it before uh, previously, but I didn't know how to do it. Um, I, I, at times I had a little tape recorder and I was speaking to people on the phone and I would just have a recorder next to the phone. Um, <laughs> I would speak to people after shows, but I've, I've always felt like if I'm pestering you at a show, You want to go, the wrestler wants to go home. I want to go home. So I'm only speaking to them for about five minutes. It just sounds a bit shit. And interviewing Uh and and speaking to people, I mean, my my job is customer services. I want to speak to people for as little as possible most of the time. So doing just speaking to people, I find very much outside my comfort zone. But after speaking to yourself and I thought, you know what? I'll have a look into it. Zoom seems fairly straightforward to use. And then I did the first one with, with Omar Mohammed, who spoke for half an hour. I asked only wrestling questions and then it somehow <laughs> spun off from there. Where I like, think the next episode was Kevin Williams and there was a the my dog decided to she wanted to play with the squeakiest toy in the world. An ice cream <laughs> our ice cream van turned up halfway through. <laughs> uh, we ended up getting to have a very long conversation about dinosaurs and I thought, right, okay. It's still gonna be a wrestling podcast, but it's <laughs> it's spinning out of control very quickly. So yeah. it's it's now just now just uh now just what I do when my wife's working nights. So she, she leaves for the day and I'm like, right, I'm speaking to someone tonight, so they can they can deal with mm-hmm. me if I'm if I spent the whole day bored. Um, and just off my off my nut. So your first was your first interview was with Pax with Luca DePatsy, uh Paxo. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I mean that's always a, a, I mean a fellow Italian as well, which yes. is handy. How did how did uh, it get set up with you speaking to to Luca? We'll call him Luca.
1: <laughs> uh, you you mean uh, you you mean how how did they have the idea to to interview him or? Uh,
0: well, how yeah how because your first few podcasts were reviews, weren't they? Reviews and previews, yeah. and speaking yeah. about wrestling, and then you went into interviews. Um, so yeah. how did you transition from just doing the reviews and then contacting Luca and setting up a,
1: an interview? Oh, uh, probably it was because of, uh, of Twitter. Uh, I had uh, previously in my life, I had a Twitter account, a personal one that I almost never used. Uh, and, it, and it lasted close to 10 years. So, <laughs> so in 10 years, I had like, I don't know, 200 tweets or something like that uh so uh, i decided to to close it to shut it down and uh when i started the podcast uh uh, i knew that uh, the wrestling world um, moved mainly via twitter so uh, i said okay i i have to set up a twitter account And, and i did it reluctantly because uh since since I work in communication, I fucking hate social media, and I, I want to try to stay away from it as far as possible, uh, at least at least from a personal point of view. Uh, but then uh, I started using, tw- using Twitter, and uh, because of the podcast, at the very beginning I wanted to do, uh, as you said, wrestling reviews, uh, but uh, I think those were kind of shit. I mean. I put so much effort into it but I learned immediately that it's much more difficult to be to be uh, uh, interesting uh, talking uh, with the microphone alone in your spare room <laughs> than uh, than when uh, you're talking to the microphone but you have another person on the other hand so I I, I said okay well this is clearly not uh, not working the way I wanted to. Um, so I started to dig a little bit more on social media, and uh, I said, "Okay, uh, which are the the wrestling promotions that I know in uh, in Europe?" And uh, I, uh, ICW was uh, one of the first one that that came to mind probably, and. Uh, uh, probably just by clicking here and there you you know you know the social media give you uh, some suggestion of uh, uh, according to to your uh, to your likes and stuff like that or or who do you follow and uh, this guy Luca the Patsy came out I didn't know him I didn't know about Italian wrestling I wouldn't say one bit, but yeah, more or less. <laughs> more or less, I, I, I didn't know very much about Italian wrestling. And I actually thought he, he wasn't Italian. I thought it was a, a Scottish guy playing an Italian guy. And uh, uh, as I started following him. And I followed uh, uh, Jokey as well, Ivy, uh, his, uh, his girlfriend, which is also a, an amazing wrestler. Which I didn't know, Absolutely. of course, yeah. which, I did, which I didn't know at the time. And uh, uh, basically I, I asked both of them to be in, a, in an interview to, to, to be a guest on the show. and I was like, well, I just started this show, which is kind of crap, uh, but uh, I wanted I, I would like to kind of improve it and start doing some interviews uh, And uh, he was the, the quicker. To, to answer basically that's why I, I got him uh, before uh, before jockey uh, no uh, in all seriousness that was a, a blessing a total blessing I am uh, uh, Luca is probably one of one of of the uh, one of the person that I talk the most in my day to day life now nowadays i I, I really found uh, uh, an important person for me, and uh, he, he, he was the one that uh, basically me, basically introduced me to both Italian and Scottish wrestling. Uh, well, of course, you did you did an amazing job as well because right next up there there was uh there was the interview that we recorded so uh, that that uh, uh, helped me going even deeper into that. Uh, Yeah,
0: I'll dive it. if if anyone wants to speak to me about Scottish wrestling I will just dive into a rabbit
1: hole so that's why I'll make my own podcast instead that's probably safer (laughs) (laughs) yeah and you were you were also also so so important because uh, you not only you mentioned a few a few wrestlers that you that you already liked uh, um, for example uh, Sarah Marie Taylor is that correct name yeah okay Perfect, uh, sorry, because I, I I am awful with names. So, so I, I hope I, I get uh, the names right. Um, uh, but also you introduced to me even uh, uh, up and commerce or people that weren't that famous, uh, even in the Scottish indie scene to begin with. And I had the chance to 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 see it. Some of those talents to interview them, and uh, that was that was amazing because it was uh, even I don't know a- another degree uh, further uh, to to analyze the the indie wrestling uh, in Europe. Of course, it, it wasn't just the biggest federations that already are existing in Europe. Also, other ones. Uh, for example, you you told me about WrestleZone, which I I, I, I remember. Uh, yeah, I, che- I checked their their YouTube. I checked a few matches. That that was fun. That was that was interesting to know to know a little more. I don't know if I if I answered your question, but <laughs>
0: no idea. Uh, Best, it's, it's fine. Uh, so, how, what's your what's your process for for doing an interview? because I know when I started, I mean, I've I've got uh, I've got an approximate knowledge of pretty much most of Scottish wrestling, as I know just about yeah. enough to get by. Um, so I didn't take like notes which was a stupid idea. I didn't write any notes. I had nothing at all. I had a blank bit of paper just in case they had mentioned something. Oh, don't mention so-and-so. That's fine. I'll write that down. Um, It took to my interview with uh, Sarah Marie Taylor, who you mentioned, which is... Yep. I interviewed her and I just bombed it. She was fantastic. She was lovely. She answered my questions. But as soon as I started speaking to her, my mind just went... Gone. (laughs) I had nothing in my head. And from that point onwards, I, I... even for yourself, I've got four bullet points. That's enough for me. At least I have something to go with yeah. but before I do yeah. nothing. So what's, what's your process? I mean, speak, especially when you're speaking to guys like Luca, uh, like Ian Skinner, who has a question which we'll we'll get to in a second. Um, mm-hmm. What's your process with, with getting your information and speak to these people?
1: I don't. I simply don't get my information and I try to uh like i go with the flow probably and uh that's uh but that's that that's exactly how i've always approached even my journalism career because before i said uh, i work in communication but uh, i am a i am a journalist i've been doing that for more than 10 years now i trained both in italy and in england um and if you're wondering, no, that's that's not why I speak English so well for an Italian. <laughs> but uh, um, basically, uh, e- even in journalism, I never prepare before before an interview. I had the chance to interview very important politicians, uh, um, singers, uh, actors, uh, stuff like that. Never once I prepared the question beforehand. I I I don't know if it's a gift or 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 if it's uh or if I'm just stupid for not doing my researches. I mean, I do my researches. I know I know I generally I know the people uh at least a little bit about what they 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 are doing in their life because that that's what you got to do. But I feel that especially in podcasting I feel that uh whatever comes naturally even if it's not probably the best road that you could take uh it's it's much better it sounds better it sounds more natural and uh, the listener will will hear that that's why i generally don't prepare don't prepare anything not not even one of my interviews at uh at like bullet points or like uh, the questions were uh, like handed beforehand to the, to the people I was uh, interviewing.
0: I suppose that 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 for especially for your podcast and that'll be down to your experience then. I mean, you've done it for yeah. 10 years, but I mean, you say you've done it right from the start, you didn't do any notes. But at this point, you're thinking 10 years down the line, you must be pretty good at it of just going on the fly. I mean, for myself, I properly started podcasting this year. So I mean, even my interviews, if you read, if you go to the website, they are fairly generic questions because i'm just like it's just not i'm not naturally a speaking person that's why i like zoom because oh yeah if the conversation's over i just hit end of conversation and i'm gone if it's real life if i'm speaking to someone face to face it gets awkward very quickly because <laughs> <laughs> i just like i just like having a minute to think but that minute to think is the longest minute in the world one <laughs> well, thing on our question but like with zoom I can act like an absolute tit and at the end of the day we're not face to face so (laughs) it it, it works it's fine it works in my head I don't know if it actually works in real life if anyone's just watching these or listening to these going (laughs) he's a bit he's a bit (laughs) scatterbrained he's a bit of scatterbrained so for your we'll go back we'll speak about Ian Skinner for a second just because he's the first one we put in a question Um, but his question was just how did he find out about him so how did you find out about Ian Skinner we yeah, know,
1: I, but answer i yeah 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 that, that's a very famous story i scouted him when he was 5 years old i i was uh, at his uh, kindergarten where where he was uh, doing some flips and kicks to the other children and that's how i said okay let's uh, let's interview this guy like some 20 years down the line that's that's basically what i did is that the answer you were you <laughs> you were waiting for i mean Is uh,
0: that the answer? It's, it's nice <laughs> to know there was someone else in the same day i don't feel so creepy now when i was watching a five-year-old do flips and kicks <laughs>
1: <laughs> no 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 well uh, some some guy named billy strecken from the scottish wrestling network uh, told me about Ian skinner to keep an eye on him because he was doing uh, amazing things not only in the ring but also on social media it was very entertaining and uh, I agree. Ian Skinner is very entertaining on social media as well. So that's uh, that's how I got to know about him. But with that being said, as I always say, in 10 years' time, I will brag that I discovered him and I will deny this story. <laughs> I will
0: deny. Yeah, Ian Skinner, for, I mean, he's so much younger than me. When I interviewed him, he just made me feel old. He didn't mean to, but just with all these memes and references, I just I was just sitting there going, I have no idea what you're on about, and he, he he contacted me, going, "Oh, let's do a second one." I'm just like, "Yeah, sure." I have no idea what you're going to speak about, it though, because it'll be all the the young people things, and I'll be sitting there going, "I don't know what you're speaking about." I don't. I just don't. But anyway, right. So yeah, Ian Skinner, there, there's your there's your shout out. There's your story. I'm sure you're listening. Uh, sign up to the Patreon. You can see see the video. Uh, right. right. So, so a couple of other questions. We'll, we'll pick and choose oh hang on Brody adler's asked how did you find out about Ian skinner so that's that's fine that's that one <laughs> that's that I
1: already one answered, answered that.
0: yeah so that's fine um so another one you haven't actually interviewed him directly but brent carter you have quite a i uh, was speaking about your social yeah. media presence you said you yeah. didn't you hated it you hated social yeah. media yeah you're very good at the Twitter. you're you're very good <laughs> at engaging people in conversation so again that's that's just your background for communications i'm guessing just you, it's it's a skill that you're you're uh you're you're stuck with unfortunately uh just being good at <sighs> yeah at socializing
1: yeah that's my my uh, your burden I, my burden yeah <laughs> i i'm damned to be good at that no well uh, with, uh twitter is a strange animal i, I discovered that uh, uh a lot of it a lot of it is uh connected to circumstances i mean you have to pick really the exact moment to send out a tweet (laughs) the same tweet uh, can be very difficult very different from morning to noon or to the evening like uh, you have to pick the exact same time and if you really don't give a fuck about what you're saying because that's that's another secret you don't have to give a fuck Every, t- every time you try and think about the perfect tweet, that will never work, at least in my, in my, in my experience, that really rarely worked. And, and if it worked, it worked much less than when, uh, than, than the other time that you just said, oh, fuck it, I just write that, I just tweet it. And uh, really, if you don't give a fuck, if you stop caring, Twitter will work that's that's weird to say you know but in my opinion that's that's exactly what's going on
0: i know and you can't really be down about it as well i mean i i personally made myself absolutely end myself on a, a joke about aj styles that i got nothing got no likes got no retweets and i was like fuck it i have said that because it made me laugh and it was just a flat earth joke about aj styles <laughs> uh, rest, uh, wrestling uh, he's wrestled across the world and beating everyone and for me i was a flat earth joke thought, that's fucking hilarious no <laughs> likes how uh, you don't know comedy twitter fuck you <laughs> <laughs> uh but no i i like to just put out little tweets now during the thunderdome shows and, and pay-per-views because yeah for, ex- for the same reason fuck it one of them will be one of them will yeah. catch fire hopefully uh yeah. pardon the pun because we've just watched i've just watched tlc so that's
1: <laughs> yeah yeah, so someone catch fire, definitely.
0: Oh, that was yeah, that was that was a weird day. That was a weird night. <laughs> um, right, anyway. I was I was getting to a question by Brent Carter. Um you seem to have I think you did you did promo, a uh, promo thing, didn't you? A lot of the guys from the Edinburgh Wrestling School and Fife Pro uh, Five Pro Wrestling Asylum. Like uh uh-huh. he's, yeah, he's, yeah. so you're in conversation with Brent quite a lot, mostly about ECW December to December.
1: <laughs> yeah
0: conveniently enough. His question is what's his fa- what's your favorite match
1: from December to December Oh well the elimination chamber that's uh, the the extreme elimination chamber that's uh, the best match ever where the 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 hero that everyone wanted so uh, Bobby Lashley <laughs> conquered the hero that uh, we we didn't uh, absolutely didn't want and didn't make sense at the time for him to win the belt and become the face of that brand, which is CM Punk. Of course, who wouldn't want to pick Bobby Lashley instead of CM Punk any day of the week?
0: That's, I mean, uh, because of that, we got we got Vince McMahon with his Durag as ECW champion, so it all worked out well yeah. at the end.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the the balance in the force has been restored, let's say.
0: Oh, man, that, that, what a time. Um, yeah. uh, Matthew, uh, who again you've interviewed, we all these big names. Yeah. Uh, he did he did a, a blog going through each episode of ECW on Sci-Fi, and yeah. uh, that time uh, it was a very interesting, strange world, uh, especially, like uh, Alexa. Well, you had Big Show versus Ric Flair, uh, Ric Flair getting chokeslammed, thumb Thumbtacks and, yeah. and Batista, big, big Show getting just booed out of the building. Oh Actually, yeah, yeah. And they're both told to just fuck off, <laughs> just get out of here. Uh, if,
1: I, if I if I can say just one thing about the WWE version of the ECW, is that uh, I I saw the first uh, the first episode when it came out, and uh, I marked out for the zombie. I mark, <laughs> I marked the fuck out for the zombie when I saw it. That was, that's the greatest thing ever. A zombie wrestler, amazing. Uh, just yeah, um, it was a time. <laughs> yes. say that. That. I, don't, I I don't know, Brent, if that if that answers your question, but yeah, the ECW zombie was the best.
0: Oh man, I mean, it gave us it gave us great. I mean, there, there's had uh, what was it Macho Libre came out the week after as well, uh, which was just a fat guy dressed as Macho Libre and did Macho yep. Man impressions. Um, you know what? I love DCW. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the WWE <laughs> version. I don't like yeah, that it's... crap hardcore stuff. Give me the,
1: <laughs> give me... yeah, give, give, give me the real one. <laughs> give me, give me 100
0: stuff. year old Ric Flair bleeding. That's, that's what I needed yeah. in my life. Um, so for your, for your UK, your European wrestling, say you did a, a bit of research when you were, um yes. expanding your horizons from doing the reviews podcast. Um, I've, I've you've made mention of WCPW in the past, if I mind, right? Oh, or yeah, Defiant. yeah. Was that kind of your introduction to British wrestling or European wrestling? What, where was your
1: introduction absolutely, absolutely? I started. I started following the the What Culture channel, like in 2015, which I think it's uh, more or less the same time that I started putting out videos on uh, on uh, YouTube. Oh, that, that's an interesting story. You want to know how did I found out about What Culture? Tell me. I'm. I'm... I was super bored. I was super bored at work and didn't give a crap about what I was supposed to do that day. And I I was thinking to myself, oh, I really want to know more about Jurassic World because it, it was coming out in theaters during that time, more or less. So... Let me see if there are some i don't know some rumors or something uh, because it was uh, immediately bef- before that that the movie came out in theater and by researching Jurassic World the first website that uh, that appeared on Google was what culture <laughs> I don't <know. laughs> to this day I still don't know why <laughs> but <laughs> but good, great as uh, great seo opposition, but uh, basically <laughs> Basically, through that, I discovered that what culture talked about wrestling. I was like, "Oh, cool! I like wrestling." And uh, they just launched just launched the um, the YouTube channel. At that time, they they didn't have voiceover. Their YouTube was just uh, just cl- just images, like a carousel or something like that. I don't know if yeah. you've ever watched one, one of those early videos.
0: Oh, they are just slideshows and came up in yeah. the
1: kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then they started doing the voiceovers later, uh, like a, two or three months later, uh, and, and that's how that, that was my first introduction when they, they started WCPW. That literally was my introduction, not only to to the UK scene but to indie wrestling in general. I I don't recall seeing any any clip or video or anything from uh, indie wrestling, even before that. Because we don't, we don't have a lot of indie wrestling here in Italy. Actually, it's really close to zero. And it's specifically in the northern part of Italy, around Milan. Uh, Luca De Pazzi comes from that area. Joki comes from that area. Uh, Akira, which I had the chance to interview and is now in All Japan Pro Wrestling, he comes from that area of Italy. That's not by accident. That's because literally one of the few places where you can train and, uh, and properly go even see a uh, show with your friends. Uh, there, is, there is something around Rome, but it's uh, kind, of a, kind of a smaller in comparison. And historically wise, there is more history in the Northern part of Italy about wrestling than the Southern part. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I I never never saw independent wrestling before, and uh, with WCPW I was totally blown away from the first episode. I was hooked. I, I every I think at the, uh, the beginning they had the show each Tuesday, and uh, every Tuesday I was there watching it live on YouTube. Uh, so much so that uh, one year later I decided to to go to the UK uh, specifically to see a WCPW show. And little did I know, that was the, the biggest show in their history in some place near near Manchester. It's kind of difficult to pronounce, uh, but uh, yeah. In, the, in, that, in that show, they had uh, Jim Cornett on commentary. They had uh, Brett Hart they had Kurt Angle and Cody Rhodes main eventing one against each other. That's an incredible. And the 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 opener was was a tag match involving the Mustache Mountain. Tyler Bate was uh, was uh, seventeen, like turning eighteen that year. And uh, I I am I am now so grateful that I had the chance to see those talents. Uh, immediately before they really boomed uh, with WWE. Uh, Pete Dunn Pete Dunn was, was on, on, on the shows of WCPW. and uh, everybody everybody mocked him because he kind of looked like uh, uh, Jack Swagger so oh, sing-
0: singlet and all that kind of stuff yeah, yeah. the
1: singlet and even their style were, was pre- pretty similar at the time and uh, the people the people chanted cheap jack swagger <laughs> at him like cheap jack swagger you know this kind of stuff and he did it if, if, if go check it on youtube because it's still there he did it, sometimes he did like uh, we the people like uh, like jack swagger <laughs> just to 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 counter that chant. Uh, so yeah, I would say I would say definitely that was my introduction, and that's why I also uh, I also like wanted to to follow uh, the careers of many of the wrestlers that were prominent in that promotion. One of which is the guy that you have on your shirt, Joe Hendry. So uh, that that's that's why I I followed this career and I really really wanted to interview him. That was one one of the interviews that uh, I'm more proud of at the moment.
0: Absolutely, it's just one of those super charismatic guys. Uh, but just finishing off WCW, uh, WCPW stuff not WCW, yes. that's, that's where we started. Uh, WCPW stuff. <laughs> um, so yeah, any of the so you saw the indie guys before they were in NXT UK and that. Was there any? Particular favourites didn't have to be didn't have to be ones that went on to be a big name. Maybe uh, I was going to say Joseph Connors, but that, that seems really mean to Joseph Connors when I say it like that. <laughs> but uh, guys that, that might not be on as many people's radars. Was there anyone that that caught your eye?
1: Uh, there is uh, one guy called Liam Slater that uh, I actually didn't hear of afterwards. Uh, I think I, I saw I saw him on Twitter. I think he is is like a personal trainer at the moment. I don't think he wrestles anymore, but he was in a tag team with Johnny Moss. Johnny Moss at the moment is a veteran of the, of the UK in the scene that I think you may be familiar with him. And Johnny Moss uh, is now one of the trainers at NXT America. He is one one of the head trainers there and uh, he was in a tag team with this guy called Liam Slater. He had a sort of a mini push, uh, in, well, more than mini, he had, he had a push, a proper push in uh, in WCPW. He, de- he defeated Zack Sabre Jr. Just, just to give you an impression of, of what... They, they were trying to build this guy. And I think he got injured and missed like uh, most of the... S- Second part of the life of WCPW when they rebranded as Defiant, uh, I think he got lost in the shuffle afterwards. I, I have no idea if he still wrestles, So do, do you? <laughs>
0: do you know? Uh, as far as as far as I'm aware, uh, he did a couple shows up uh, in Edinburgh uh, for Discovery. I know that. I think he did mm-hmm. a little bit of Target possibly. But he when Johnny Boss went to America, Liam yep. Slater picked up the school here. I think okay. that's, that's what happened. I could be totally wrong. I could just be uh, hearing whispers and what have you, but I'm, I'm thinking that's what happened. So uh, possibly that's why he's... Well, at the moment, he's a PT because there's no wrestling training yeah. available. We can't do it. Uh, well, I wouldn't do it anyway, but we, we can't do it because of lockdown restrictions and what have you. But that's possibly where, where he's playing yeah. his trade now, just training people. But yeah, I, I do remember seeing Liam Slater, uh, again, Discovery, just online. And he, he was... Very, very good. Uh, he, had couple, he had a good match with like, a Shady shady Natras from Target. Uh, mm-hmm. So
1: um, definitely one that... Um, definitely yeah. a def- good one, yeah. He's, he's a, a, a very unique talent, in my opinion. There is no one I, I could compare his style to. Probably CM Punk is the closest, because CM Punk is another guy that uh, he is clearly not the most muscular guy, not uh, the flippy guy, not... Uh, is a kind of an in-between of many things that he is not, but he is, he is not clearly something. And Liam Slater is kind of similar in that uh, he is not flippy, is not muscular, not uh, uh, like a uh, mat-based like Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, he, he doesn't do power moves. or It is uh, kind of a mixture, but... Uh, yeah, it works out uh, well in the end. Well, Liam Slater, Liam Slater, if you're listening to this, consider yourself uh, invited to the Last Minute rusty podcast. Um,
0: so, we'll go, okay, go we'll back to your podcast and you, you've spoken to quite a lot of the Scottish guys now. As I said, you did the promo uh, v- videos uh, with, with uh, younger trainees. Um, you spoke to myself, you spoke to, to Luca and Jokey, who yes. were, were, were uh, in shared custody of with, with Italy. Uh <laughs> It had uh, Eli Bulwark as well. Yes. Krieger, uh, who you mentioned. Oh. Uh, just for, for future, if you're trying to remember how to say his name, he had a t-shirt called Eye of the Krieger, and that's how I remember it. Oh uh, because God. there's like Eye of the Tiger, Eye of the Krieger. Yes. Uh, yeah. It actually popped up on his timeline today. I think he was ripping his own t-shirts. Uh, and <laughs> Eye of the Krieger came so that's yeah. how. That's how you say it. Um, so you're really immersed into Scottish wrestling. Brody Adler's got a question which I think you've pretty much answered but still want to give her yeah. a bit of a shout for it. So she said, being based in Italy, uh, what brought about your passion for Scot- the Scottish scene in particular and do you have any favourite Scottish matches?
1: Well, uh, the passion for the, Scottish scene, uh, for the Scottish scene, as I said, uh, uh, well, I had the chance to start right from the bat with Luca Pazzi and you, so that was what got me into um I discovered also that the Scottish scene is particularly not only passionate, but also given uh, you guys were the first one who, who actually gave me a chance. I, I mean, that that means a lot for me uh, because uh, I wouldn't imagine to have uh, an audience at all. <laughs> so, so to see, especially when you start the podcast, to see even one guy, just one, that is invested in what, in what you're doing, uh, that tells you, okay, you're great, keep on doing that. Even if it's not true, I don't care. Uh, that, that is the biggest boost uh, that you'll ever need. And uh, I got that from a lot of people from the Scottish uh, wrestling scene, uh, probably uh, because uh, you are also very well connected and uh, I didn't figure out at the time, but I do now, that uh, a lot of the younger talents, uh, especially the up and commerce, they rely a lot on, on your work, uh, that, on the work that you do with your blog. And that, that's, uh, uh, I think, a, a great compliment for, for you, because uh, that's, that's a great thing that you're doing, a great service, public service that could potentially launch careers in the future. So bravo billy <laughs> and, uh, uh, and she, she also asked me about the the any favorite
0: uh, matches in particular any favorite
1: matches uh no i wouldn't say favorite one there are a few that comes to mind that i saw recently i recently saw uh a barbed wire ring or something like that but i, I don't remember the name but it was the ropes the ropes uh, were like with barbed wire between uh uh, Jack Chester and uh, Drew Galloway McIntyre uh, from uh, I think uh, I don't know probably an ICW show of like five years ago or something like that. Yeah, I think it was
0: it was Drew's last match in in ICW I think
1: for Main Okay, okay, that was a bloodbath, and uh, I I never I never saw Drew doing this those kind of matches, and I was well <laughs> that that really it was so different. From what you see Drew McIntyre doing normally, so well—that's that. I, I don't know if that answers her question, but it's the first—the first, the first uh, match that comes to my mind at this moment.
0: That's great. Um, so speaking about about uh, wrestling again, uh, what's Ricky, Ricky Dodgerson's got a question. Uh, I'm just kidding because there's a lot. He got a lot of questions. It's it's. Uh, <laughs> really it's really great to see that a lot of, it's a lot of, of scottish guys as well so we're all interested yeah. we're all wanting to know more um but as thank you for I the compliment say, on, on as
1: i said you guys are so giving uh, it's me that i have to thank you thank you so much guys
0: but uh thank you for the comment about about the site i mean I, i've run the blog since 2012 and mm-hmm. it's it's not that i don't get i uh, don't get compliments i do but it's just i don't know how to take i never know how to take them i'm just like Oh, yeah,
1: likewise.
0: I just, I just did it because I was bored. <laughs> and now it's, now it's uh, I'm now speaking to people on Zoom. Anyway, right, yeah. uh, Ricky Dodgerson, he asked, would you ever consider commentary? And is there a dream match you'd like to call?
1: That's a great question, which I'm sure I replied to him like this way. But, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually, one of my goals at the moment is to do commentary. Yeah, I would love to, uh, but I have no idea about the dream match. Uh, what, um, I mean, what's the scale of the dream? Do we, uh, do we have to think like, uh, I don't know, a dream match could be CM Punk comes back from retirement and I do the commentary for that. But that's, I don't know, that's, that's a way too much. If I have to, to keep it doable one way or another... I would say uh, I could do some commentary, maybe uh, in English, maybe in Italian, for uh, a European promotion. I, w- I would love to. Uh, there is there is a match. There is a, a match that uh, I have in my mind, uh, and I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait for it to happen. I don't have, I don't even know if that match will ever happen but the match is uh, Speedball Mike Bailey versus Francesco Akira, the Italian guy that I mentioned that now he's in your Japan. They both have uh, an, an incredible amount of respect for each other. Um, Akira is actually, Akira is super young and, uh, and uh, he's, uh, he's a, a huge uh, Speedball Bailey fan. Uh, I, I think, and those two guys are super humble and super disciplined in what they do, uh, in training inside the ring and stuff like that. And I think a match between those two could be literally uh, blowing the roof off. And uh, I would love to see that match. And uh, since I know that the people from Rising Sun in Italy, hi Fabio, uh, (laughs) the people from Rising Sun in Italy would absolutely love to book Speedball Bailey I will say, Fabio, you coward, book me. Book Frank Mandolini to be the on commentary that night for that match. Do it, you fucking coward.
0: <laughs> Taking full advantage of, of the explicit tag. <laughs> there we <That's> go. It. <laughs> but, but Yeah, it's, it's just one of those... Like, sorry, my hands are all over the place for those watching the video because I just watched uh, Steve Austin's Broken Skull Sessions with Drew and Steve Austin's... Uh, Big hand talker, and I feel like oh, yeah. I end up doing that as well when I'm speaking. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's good to be able to think of a match that you'll you have a little bit more backstory for in your brain in your mind because you, you'd be like, oh, he's he's against his idol, uh, against someone yeah. he who he admires. And then you'd be able to tell that backstory. Uh, so great, great choice. I mean, I've seen b- Speedball, I haven't seen haven't seen Akira, but like if you have the passion and the story for it, then the match will just. Tell its, tell its own story, kind of thing, and that is exactly how you answered yeah. the question when Ricky asked it. They said, "Great question." Was your reply? <laughs> uh, so, Adam... I am
1: that. I am that
0: predictable. <laughs> uh, Adam asked uh, the Adam Dyer. He asked, "How did you get such a winning smile?"
1: Oh, yeah. And uh, as I answered, there is a nice story to it. Uh, first of all, first of all, Adam was uh, the second person to follow me on Twitter. I don't know how the hell he stumbled on my show. And uh, remember before when I said, you just need one one person to really believe in you. He was uh, not the one because I was fortunate enough to have at least two since the very beginning. Uh, And uh, Adam was the one that uh, for no reason whatsoever <laughs> decided to follow me, uh, uh, and he doesn't follow a lot of people. So I feel particularly privileged to be to be uh, uh, in, in his thoughts. And uh, he he also messaged me. He has a a website, and uh, he puts like a, a little banner that with a, with a link to my to to my podcast, and I appreciated the hell lot about it. Because it was super kind, and that, that was literally one of the things that he, he did uh, immediately from the start. And uh, you can can you imagine how much confidence that gave me? That that was incredible. Thank you, Adam. Thank you so much. That that uh, if people do those really random acts of kindness, trust me, they go a long way. So what was his question again? Because I forgot. Oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, the, uh, the, the smile. smile. Yes, that's the, it. The smile. Yeah, uh, yeah. The story of the smile uh, starts basically with me absolutely coping the shit out of Chris Van Fleet <laughs> because I I, st- I started studying him. I, I was I was uh, I was watching his interviews. He's amazing. He, he, he does really an incredible work. Uh, Everybody knows Chris Van of course. He doesn't need no introduction from me. Uh, But I noticed one thing, that he was constantly smiling. When when he asked one question, when uh, the other person replies, he is always like that. And I understood... That's a a screenshot, by the way. That's the one I'm taking. Yeah, yeah, that's... (laughs) And oh, so let me, let me take this off. So, so you, you see, you see better my wonderful t-shirt that you can buy on my website, lmwpodcast.com. So basically it was like that. Okay. I did it for three seconds. <laughs> and, uh, basically that's why, because uh, that's the, as you said, the screenshot that you can use for your thumbnails for YouTube videos. And that's very important to have. And you know, you know what's difficult? To have uh, a screenshot where, where both you and your interviewee are both smiling. That's the, the most difficult thing to get. So I started smiling basically every, uh, every minute of every interview. At the end of each interview, my, my, my jaw is hurting because I smile too much. I don't know, I don't know how Chris does it. He's amazing. He's, he's doing it so naturally.
0: Um, I, I, I would do that, but I've, I I uh, smashed my face very young uh, when I thought I could do wheelies on a bike, and uh, my teeth were crooked <laughs> to fuck. So I'm just like, I think I'm smiling, but then when I look back at pictures, I'm looking, what, are you ever happy? You ever? But I was like, I, I remember smiling at that point. I definitely smiled. I was like, going. <laughs> But're just like fucked off the whole time. but uh, yeah it's it's also a, a really great way of of pe- pe- making people at ease as well because I mean this is only our second actual vocal chat back and forth and we've gone yeah. over an hour already and uh, oh, really yeah, just probably just about. and we're just <laughs> and all we've done is just smile and and speak wrestling and and uh, I think if we we're both looking angry and annoyed. I don't think we would have reached an hour quite, quite as simply. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Adam, I was, I was trying to find his website. I can't find it, but you're definitely one of his 68
1: people he follows. So You see? You see? He doesn't follow a lot of people. I, don't, I really don't know what, what, what he's showing me, but I am so forever thankful for this.
0: I, I, I mean, I get the same, you'll probably get the same as well. I mean, Chris Van Vliet, it was the name I heard of, but I, I'm not going to lie and say that I've seen his work. I've seen bits and pieces of like, clips and that. Mm-hmm. He followed me on twitter and i was looking at going why? why why are you following <laughs> me on twitter i don't know why <laughs> but uh and then just seeing his reach i'm like oh my god <laughs> he's he, he, either he's just going through a list going podcast click 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 which could happen but i'm still confused but yeah if anyone follows me i'm very grateful especially if it's like wrestlers and i think oh so you must like what we're doing um yeah um, it has some random ones. I had Ryback follow me for a bit. He followed me after I asked him for an interview. So that was
1: <laughs> it was a bummer. hole.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, so Ryback, fuck you. Uh, so to, guy. <laughs>
1: um,
0: I I beat him once in the chartable ratings, and in, in, uh, in on I mean you 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 pointed to me in the direction of chartable, and yeah. uh, it's addicting. It's a really addictive yeah. once once you see your name on it. At one point you're like, where am I today? And I yes, beat Ryback's is. podcast once, and I was like, "Yeah, fuck you, Ryback."
1: Yeah, just just like just like uh, just like every fucking analytics. That's why it's social media. That's <laughs> just like every fucking analytics. When you start looking into it, it's fucking addictive. I I got addicted to Chartable through another podcaster, an Italian podcaster friend of mine. Uh, he pointed me towards that direction as well, uh, but now. Now I can say uh, I'm uh, healing. I'm not. Uh, the addiction is not over yet, but I'm getting there. I'm I'm watching way less the analytics uh, from Chartable.
0: That's what, I mean I, I find I I do check once a day just just to make sure I'm beating right back, uh, and then <laughs> just and then I just leave it for the day. But yeah, it can be. It's very easy to be uh, to get bogged down in the analytics, like you say, but. Yeah. really you just want to enjoy what you're doing because uh, being I mean, speaking of your guests i mean I, i'm wearing the joe Hendry t-shirt uh that was a, a huge get especially when you you watch wcpw growing up, or growing up growing up growing up growing <laughs> <laughs> up uh but when you watched wcw he was of course uh, uh he grew in that company really To I, I would say i think he would say himself WCW, wcpw is a really important time yeah. for him to grow um so how was it what was it like speaking to joe i mean you can hear the interview if people are, are wanting to listen they should it's a really great interview uh but where was there any nerves or were you we just like oh it's just another day i've got no notes oh. fuck it i'm going to speak to joe henry for <laughs> that <about it." laughs>
1: i had i had no notes as usual uh well uh, that was if i am not mistaken that was the first interview i did through a pr because uh, when you, for the aspiring podcasters listening to us, when you interview someone uh, uh, signed to a big company, you usually don't go just blind tagging them on, on Twitter saying, "Hey, can you come to, m- to my show?" Well, I did that to Rob Van Dam, and it worked. But that's another story. Uh, so uh, uh basically because Rob Van Dam doesn't give a fuck so that that's, that, that's why that worked but, but for an up and comer like Joe it may not work so um you have to ask permission to the company if you want to interview the WWE champion you have to ask the WWE you you just you don't just tag him on on the on the post uh, uh same thing with with Joe it was the first time that I asked uh, the RH uh, for an interview. And uh, I, I said, uh, uh, first of all, uh, that's, that's an advice I, I would like to give to everybody. Whenever you approach somebody, it, it doesn't have to be only wrestling. Make sure to be as professional as possible. And also make sure to be respectful. And the most important thing is to reach out via email, not DM, not blind tagging on social media email old-fashioned email that works better people will people will take you more seriously if you do that and uh, uh i was very professional with uh with both the pr person that i spoke to and joe uh in the leading up to our conversation uh i was very respectful i always tend to say how long will i go because many podcasts are going for hours and uh Maybe when you interview someone uh, who is a very busy person because of his work of his position, that person may not may not have that much time. So I always tend to, to say that uh, in advance. I say, okay, uh, generally my interviews are like thirty to forty minutes, and uh, uh, the the PR guy was was fantastic. Joe replied to me. Uh, when we set up the interview, he replied to me saying, okay, you got 30 minutes. Was like, so off from the start, I was like, okay, I have to keep it very concise, very professional, very straight to the point. But that's like many things in life. That's the key ingredient. When you, are, when you work hard and you're good at what you do because of, of the hard work that you put in, you get rewarded. If you listen back to our interview, there is a, there is a, a moment where Joe says, uh, oh yeah, I, I know we said 30 minutes, but we can go 10 minutes longer. That's the most beautiful part of the, of the interview, if you ask me. I mean, people, people will not care, but uh, when, you have, when you have a professional like he is uh, enjoying, he, w- he was enjoying our chat, so much so that he said, uh, okay, i give you 10 more minutes. That was uh, the uh, the greatest satisfaction, professionally speaking, that I could have.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had the absolute pleasure of meeting Joe at shows before and he's, uh, he's I mean, you hear my own podcast uh, with, with Dave Conrad and uh, he's always hustling. He's very much, he knows what he wants and he's going to do what he can to yeah. get it. Um, but, I, when I, I, last time I saw him was, was in Aberdeen and I, I just went up to him and went well I didn't have any money on me so I couldn't buy anything but I was just like I really enjoy your podcast um, can I get a picture and he went generally you have to buy something to get a picture but you listen to my podcast come here <laughs> so I was like <laughs> yes Thank you. Um, but so yeah, Joe Joe Henry is one of those guys. Uh, I'm not saying I discovered him because I definitely did not. But when he when he first started, he had the 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 music background, and he was always so confident. He was definitely one of those guys. If anyone goes back to my tweets, what five f- five years ago, uh, four or five years ago, I, I I definitely pegged Joe Henry as was one to be one to watch. Um, so Ian Skinner, you've got a lot to live up to. If, uh, if joe henry was one that i've picked in the past um, oh, yeah. so uh, so yeah that that's so that's the thing that kind of scares me about the the i don't think i'm quite ready for doing that i mean I, i'm sure if I, I contacted pr for for roh and i got an interview with joe i would make it work i would do half an hour or 40 minutes would mm-hmm. be perfect but I, I feel like i'm still kind of building up to that uh, i mean just now before we started Behind the people behind the curtain, I said to, to Frank that I'll usually go about thirty minutes, about an hour usually, <laughs> and uh, we we have screamed past that quite quickly. So yeah. I, I I'm just I just like sitting down and chatting, and that's just that's just how it, it turns out, and and uh, that's just how it goes. Um, so speaking well, of it,
1: that's yeah. just the nature the nature of the podcast. It's uh, not not every podcast has to be that strict or or that professional. That's that, that's more more of a conversation. We 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 should we could have the same conversation in front of a beer at the pub.
0: Exactly. Yeah. But that's pretty much that's what I'm trying to make the entitled. But anyway, it's just a, a casual conversation. Some only really last about 45 minutes. Uh, I've had ones that last two hours already. Just we just end up speaking <laughs> and then we looked at the time and went, shit, I got to go home or we're already at home. But you know what I mean. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, so. Of your podcast, you've done 40, over 40 episodes now. Um, yep. You've had uh, a wide array of guests. You say yourself, you, you, you're one of the first only podcasts to speak about the business of podcasting. A yes. bit uh, of business of wrestling. So you've spoken to Fight Execs, uh, Bot- uh, Matthew of Botchomania. you spoke to Joe. You've spoken to um, a wide array of, of people. Uh, is that a way of just keeping your interest and then it's like just keeping everything so wide in the in the subject matter of wrestling.
1: Yeah, yeah. I want to be as original as possible. I mean, uh it's full of wrestling podcasts uh, that are just just doing what I was doing at the beginning like reviewing Raw, SmackDown, uh, WrestleMania pay-per-views so or stuff like that. There's so much so many podcasts that are already doing that. That's that's one of the main reasons I, I steered away from that, and uh, I didn't want to be like the guy asking the wrestlers typical podcast questions, like like uh, what's your favorite match, uh, who's your favorite wrestler, uh, your what's your favorite move, uh, or or this kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, there's there's nothing wrong, there's nothing wrong in doing that. Just I don't want to do that. That's it. And uh, I found out that there is a, a pretty interesting niche about the business side of wrestling, which not all my episodes are about that, but some of them are more than the others. Yeah, and uh, that's that's a niche that uh, I'm particularly interested in because, uh, as I said multiple times in this conversation, that's what I do for a living. Basically, uh, working in communication, which which means marketing, which means analyzing data, which means uh, doing this this kind of stuff. Uh, wrestling, uh, the wrestling industry uh, m- makes. Uh, billions of profits all over the world each year so it's clearly a huge business the wwe youtube channel is the third or fourth if i'm not mistaken most viewed youtube channel that's an incredible accomplishment youtube is bigger than google i mean i know that youtube belongs to google but uh, YouTube is now the biggest uh, um, search engine in the world. People go there before going to search something on Google. That's amazing. And if, if something that relates to wrestling is number three on that mammoth of a, of a, of a search engine, that's incredible. That's clearly some business in it. That's why I wanted to, and I I don't see a lot of, a lot of podcasts about that part. I think I'm still trying to find my, my foot because it's, it's not that easy. Uh, Generally uh, the, the, the more, I would say hardcore business episodes that I do don't fare as well as uh, the interviews with the, more well-known wrestlers but, but that's that's just normal even if uh, even if you don't know anything about wrestling but you you see like uh, those two episodes from the same podcast one is uh, rob van damme which you may have heard of uh, because even if you don't know about wrestling you, you never mentioned
0: it uh, i think she mentioned was- it more
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, uh, but but it's, it's just just uh, for an example because uh, it, it's a, a mainstream name. It's not only about wrestling. Even my dad knows nothing about wrestling, but he ha- he has heard the name Rob Van Dam. You know what I mean? Uh, or for example, uh, Kim Herwitz, which is the um, the CMO at Fight TV. Of course, people go towards the. The name that they already may have heard of. But in my opinion, of course, from a strictly a business standpoint, is more interesting to know, ab- <laughs> to know about Fight TV than about uh, even a legend of the ring, as Rob Van Dam is. Of course, if we're talking about the wrestling standpoint, it's the other way around. So that's why it's difficult to find a, a perfect balance with with those two words that are uh, so uh, connected one to the other, but it's difficult to find the the right right amount of uh, of business in, inside of wrestling and vice versa.
0: Yeah, I mean the wrestling business itself, you say, it's a multi billion dollar uh, business, uh, and yeah, everyone's wanting a little piece of the pie, and can only have so much. But within that, there's niches and niches and niches of niches, and yes. uh, I mean especially. I mean, my podcast—it's Scottish wrestling, and it's yeah. not just Scottish wrestling. It's not your big names. It's not your uh, Piper Nivens. It's not your Kaylee Rays. It's your—it's yeah. your guys that you're going to go and see all year round at a show um, that that's maybe just filling out the roster. Maybe a guy like, uh, or or even a guy like like uh, Kuma, who is yeah. is bigger in Europe, um, but it's, he's not you're not going to be in your first 10 names of wrestlers that you could think of. So yes. it's all about finding that balance, I suppose. And uh, I mean, my, my list of figures, some of them are fantastic. Some are just not as great. But for me, I'm still enjoying it. So as long as, as people are are uh, giving it a chance, at least for a couple of minutes to, out their day, then I'll keep pestering wrestlers until they... Until they tell me <laughs> to
1: stop.
0: Um, yeah. I've got one more question from, from the, the Twitter sphere. I to make sure yes. I've definitely got it. Uh, which I think you probably... I've, I've, give, I've made, left it to last because it's uh, quite a big one. Um, <laughs> it's a little bit about music as well, which I know you've spoken about it in your, your interview with the guys from Ringsiders, uh, when you're all, all about Frank episode, was it? Uh, or To yeah. Be Frank? To, to uh, Be Frank, yeah. To Be Frank episode. Um, so I didn't want to delve into that because... I would be lost very quickly. But uh, <laughs> Wrestling with the MMA has asked, if you had one book, one CD, one movie, and one food for the rest of your days, what are they?
1: Okay, so uh, one book is probably, again, depends on, on what genre, <laughs> but uh, let's say one book is probably uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls the from... Ernest Hemingway. Uh, one, uh, movie was, was, uh, one, one movie. What was it? One movie. It's uh, La La Land. Love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, what, what was that? One CD as well? CD,
0: yeah.
1: One CD. Uh, that that gets complicated. One CD. Fuck it. Uh, London Calling by The Clash. I don't know. Uh What's- for sure, one of, one of the cities I've heard the most in my, in my entire life, but at the moment is the first one that came to mind. Uh, and uh, one food, wrestling oh. uh, with the MMA that uh, asked this question is the other guy that from the start uh, followed me and gave me a lot of confidence. So thank you so much, man. I, I, I love you. I love you to that, but you know, I'm Italian. I cannot choose between just one food. Uh, yeah. There's just so many, just so many. Uh, so, uh, I don't know, pizza, tortellini, pasta, um, stocca fisso, uh, there's so many. Uh, it's very difficult, very difficult. Yeah. Let's say pizza. Let's say pizza. Classic. It's
0: classic. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was looking through that thinking uh, one book, if I was on an island, how to build a boat. Uh, but I would I'd probably go. I mean, you haven't asked me wrestling with MMA, but I'm going to answer them anyway. Uh, So I've got one book. It's uh, Mark Haddon's A Curious Instant of the Dog in the Nighttime. It's about Uh uh, uh, autistic. It's from the point of view of a boy with with autism and Asperger's on the spectrum. My brother's got autism. um, So I kind of speaks to me a little bit. It's very weird. The chapter numbers are prime numbers. And it's written yeah. as he thinks. It's really good. It's a, it's it's a strange book. A lot of people can't get into it, but it's worthless. Uh, worth a read. Uh one. That's yeah, it's it's I said one of my uh, I was the only book I think I've read multiple times because I like watching. Uh one movie. I'm a big superhero nerd. Uh so <laughs> I think I'm just gonna go Deadpool because I know it's one I could put on any time. Deadpool, that's the one. Amazing. Uh, I think I most of my colour scheme of stuff is red and black now because of <laughs> it uh, when me, even my headphones to, oh yeah I yeah. Uh have have got a, the, the little Deadpool tattoo for those that are on the
1: video oh that's cool I didn't notice that
0: uh, one food, I mean you had the problem being an Italian, I'm a Scotsman we'll eat anything uh, so, but, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go pizza as well I'm, I'm quite, uh, pizza's it's adaptable uh, yeah pizza's yeah. fine uh what was it cd i listen to podcasts i don't listen to as much music anymore um i mean even when i do listen to music it's absolute shit it's it's like early 2000s pop it's so bad it's <laughs> good, uh, steps and and uh sync and all that shit. i listen to now um because i'm 30 and i don't give a fuck Uh, yeah yeah. but i'm I'm gonna go i'm gonna go which isn't that it's good charlotte's young and hopeless because it was when i was going through my teenage angst years which was just listening to good charlotte that was pretty much as as far as i got with the angst i didn't do the running away and and smoking or drinking in the park or anything like that
1: that that sounds terrible (laughs) to
0: a lot of people it is. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so while
1: you're enjoying La La Land, I'll be listening
0: to, to middle uh, class boys playing in their garage, speaking about how hard their life is. Uh, so, but I think that's a great way to, to round off the podcast. Uh, just a yeah. little bit of fun, non wrestling related. Otherwise, I think we're going to end up trying to fix the wrestling business for the rest of the evening. So I don't think uh, we should press on. I mean, we will get part two possibly in the future. But yeah, why not? Th- thank you for taking the time to speak to me, Frank. Uh, thank you for returning the favour. Uh, after you, you put up with me uh, back in was it June May June time something I, April I have f- no idea I think I think it was April Oh God that's when that was only a month in to the pandemic Yes yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's been so long um, yeah, But yeah thank you for for joining me um, I'm so look forward to chatting again uh, But for anyone who's aware or who wants to know more about you. I know you've got all the links handy. Where can people find you?
1: Okay. The official website of the Last Minute Wrestling Podcast is lmwpodcast.com. You can find me on all over every social media every goddamn social media uh, at lmw podcast but please mostly go on twitter because that's literally the only place where i answer <laughs> and, uh, and uh, well um, there is a, a patreon page patreon.com slash forward and lmw podcast so far i have only one patreon which is one of my best friend uh, and uh, it's very fun it's very fun with patreon because They pay you a beer, basically, and what they get is a coffee. It's, uh, you know, taxation, this kind of stuff. (laughs) But (laughs) so far, I only have one patron and he's one of my best friends. So please, uh, if you want to help out, go and become a patron. Uh, And, uh, yeah, and most of all, you can find me in your hearts.
0: Before we go, just before I go, you put out on Twitter one of your favorite belt designs. And I just want to... Sweetness.
1: Oh, that's an absolute beaut! Uh, that's the uh, the ruthless aggression here at WWE title, uh, Yeah, that's, that's the most beautiful, undoubtedly the most beautiful WWE title design ever.
0: It's, it's, it's so intricate, it's even got the McMahon family seal and everything it's amazing anyway right before we go into that subject thank you for watching and listening to the untitled wrestling podcast by swn Uh, i have been billy it's the first time that have an outro but thank you for for listening thank you for
1: having me bye